Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. On behalf of our entire flight crew, thanks for soaring with us. Hello and welcome to Disney Brit Bite Size, a brand new show for you. Uh, coming from us, who are the Disney Brit team, we produce a Disney Brit podcast every two weeks. And you'll be pleased to know that we are now bringing you Disney Brit Bite Size with me and Alan's here as well. Hello, Alan. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? Not too bad. I'm a bit confused because obviously it's just seven days since the last boat year. It is seven days since the last show. So um, we're bringing a new show, uh, which do you want to kind of explain to everybody what this kind of new show is and what the idea behind it is? Well, one of, one of the things we do with Disney Brit is we cover a lot of different topics. We yes. talk about news. You, you've got to say rumours at the same time because it's almost like it's like a reaction you've got to say. Yeah. Um, we've started to look into doing cooking. We've started to look at, well, we're talking attractions. We're talking, we're getting guests on every week. There's all sorts of different things we're covering on the Disney Brit show. And it's getting to a point where it's, you know, sometimes we're hitting an hour and a half. We struggle to keep it below two hours sometimes. Yeah, depending and, on what we're talking about. And we, we started to do a thing over the past few shows where we've started to do these sketches. And the more I started to think about it, I thought, well, we should try and do a bit more with these sketches and see where we can go with them. And some of them are funny. Some of them are not so funny. <laughs> and They're all, um, you're about. They're all funny, in a way. Right, okay. In, in my mind, they're hilarious. <laughs> but... But the thought was, right, okay, well, let's see if we can spin this off into a topic, into a smaller show, and, yeah. you know, give the sketches a little bit more of an area to go to. So, what we decided to do is to bring in a sketch, bring in a guest, and discuss the topic that's sort of brought in the sketch. Pretty much. And also, sometimes it'll allow us to explain why we did that sketch as well. Yeah, so what we're going to be doing is is focusing on one particular topic, and it'll last somewhere around, you know, up to about half an hour, I would think. And uh, we want to go back to a sketch that we did way back in December as part of our Christmas Disney Brit uh, radio show episode with Jim Corkus and Jim Hill, two Disney historians. And uh, as part of that, they were battling against each other with a load of questions, kind of, if those of you are British shooting star style. And we put this particular round in. And uh, it was talking about Mickey Mouse and the gang and what happens if they were thrust into the world of Harry Potter. Which, of course, brought us on to the idea of Universal Studios. So we thought to join in this discussion today, we would have to bring in a Universal expert. So joining us this evening is Lee Malaby from the Unofficial Universal podcast. Is that right? Unofficial Universal Orlando, Orlando podcast. podcast. Even though I, we cover all of them. you know them. what? I knew I'd get it wrong. And experts a stretch. Experts a stretch. Okay, so we've got someone who's been to Universal uh, on this evening. Um, no, he, he run, they run the uh, Unofficial Universal Orlando podcast, and they, they specifically focus on Universal, uh, which I think you're one of the very few people who do that, aren't you? Um, I think there's one other currently at the moment that's right. regular. Okay, so there's two of you. There you go. Yeah. So a lot less of you than there is of us, if that makes sense. Um, so you we're keep be... yourself nice and regular, yes. yeah, <laughs> oh, as always. Regular. Yeah, it's good to see Lee's regular. You never, you never miss a chance. Um, no. So what we're going to do is we're going to play you the sketch again from the show, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Lee, and we're going to talk about the things that we like and don't like, and we're going to compare Disney and Universal and see see what we come up with. So here is... Mickey Potter. The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside, it's fun inside. Mickey Potter and the Magic Band. This is Disney's Polynesian Resort. Please watch your head and step as you exit and take small children by the hand. <laughs> Excuse me, do you mind? I mean, all the other carriages are full. Not at all. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. <laughs> I'm Goof, by the way. Goofy Weasley. Hi, Mickey. Mickey Potter! <laughs> so it is true. I mean, do you have the... the... Uh, magic band? Uh, sure, here it is. Gosh, I heard all about it, but never seen one. 
Are you peckish? <laughs> A little. Oh, toodles! Let's see. Uh, we have a Dole Whip, uh, a turkey leg, some popcorn, and a Mickey ice bar. Hmm. Which one of these do you think will stop you feeling peckish, Goof? <laughs> All of them. Okay, we've got ears. Let's say cheers. You what? Doesn't matter. Gosh, Max says that if you wave one of those magic bands over a concession counter, it will magically transform funds <laughs> from your piggy bank to Uncle Walt's pocket. Really? Oh, wow! <laughs> Should we go and see if we can try it out? We are now stopping at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. <laughs> has anyone seen Boo Boo Chicken? A boy called Ducko has lost one. Nope. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Are you doing magic? Is that a magic band? Sort of. <laughs> I've used the magic band several times. In fact, I've used it to open gated portals. If you're struggling with the basics, your magic may not be strong enough. With enough practice, you'll be able to accelerate your body to the front of a crowd at a theater. Oh, boy. Oh, my woolly word. You're Mickey Potter. I'm Harmony Granger. And you are? I'm Goof Weasley. Ladies and gentlemen, please watch your head and step as you exit and take small children by the hand. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando attraction tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed FastPass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando attraction tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226-8523 Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com Your number one source for the magical world of Disney. They say it was amazing! He won three piston cups. <laughs> he did what in his cup? Okay, so it is Disney Brit Bite Size, and we are here to talk about Disney and Universal. The two things together, uh, which I know is already people like Disney and Universal, you're doing both. This is going to be amazing. So, Alan, do you want to explain a little bit about kind of the discussion that we want to have with regards to this? Right, okay, well... Obviously, the, the concept that we did in the sketch was that we put Mickey Mouse into the Universal. Yeah. Two, two sort of topics that just totally collide. You're either in the Universal camp or you're in the Disney camp. Mm -hmm. We know people who go to Universal only. We know people who go to Disney only. So what I was trying to do is let's try and blend them two topics together and see how we can sort of talk about it without starting a fight. Okay. <laughs> So, this is, this is so, taking, so boxing gloves are away in a box. We're not, we're not yeah. going to start any sort of fight. Okay, that's fine. So we've got we've got Lee on the show, obviously, to talk about Universal. Yeah. But obviously, we want him to talk about Disney as well. Okay. Likewise, we will do the same. So do we want to start off with, with the things that we really like about Disney? Or do we want to start with the things we like about Universal? Or I, I, I reckon we should... Um, we'll, we'll start off with uh, Universal, I think. Okay. That's, the, that's the best way, I think. Yeah. You know the the, the non-home ground topic. Okay, so shall, as as I'm not the non-universal expert, 
I'll start because if Lee starts, I'll just go, yeah, what he said. <laughs> um, so, okay, Universal Studios. One of the things I, I really I do love about Universal is that they, I think one of the, the difficulties Universal has is franchise-wise, unlike Disney, they don't have as many, you know. And, and so what they do is they're very shrewd and they're very clever in the sense that they go out and they bring in franchises, Marvel, Harry Potter, um, to The Simpsons are just a few to name. Um, and what they, they do with those is is... You know, tremendous stuff. The Simpsons ride is fantastic. In fact, the whole Simpsons area is brilliant. One of my favourite meals out the whole of my Orlando trip uh, has to have been Krusty Burger, just yeah. because I was sat inside. You know, I was sat by Moe's Tavern, and and it was just this kind of childhood thing that I loved as a kid that I would suddenly be able to sit and and they had actual duff beer and they had all this stuff, and it was like, okay, this is this is pretty cool. And I think I've got a panoramic photo of the whole of Moe's Tavern. So. The fact that Universal aren't afraid to go out and buy franchises and bring them into their parks, I think, is is you know a pretty brave step. What Universal have done with Harry Potter is just beyond words. Um, I loved Hogsmeade when I first visited that. You know the opportunity to go and try Butterbeer and to see all these things. You know down to the detail of Moaning Myrtle in a toilet and all those bits and pieces. So I was already really impressed with what they'd done with that. Um, but then. When I went back this summer and I got the chance to see King's Cross Station and I got to see Platform 9 and 3 quarters and I got to go to um, Diagon Alley and see all those things, just absolutely blew me away. That The quality of that place is just astounding and, and without a shadow of a doubt beats any theming Disney have ever done for anything. Um, just because of the sheer quality of it. Now, I know they've obviously got plans to work from, you know, their recreations of real sets from real movies, but... I still think that the quality of it is absolutely fantastic and, and great. One of the other things I love about Universal is that, you know, it is more of an adult park in the sense that, you know, they're they, they kind of willing to risk putting more thrills into a theme park than Disney are. You know, I think the most dangerous thrilling attraction you've got in, in Disney World is kind of Tower of Terror, maybe Rock and Roller Coaster. I suppose you can put Everest in there as well. Whereas Universal have got things like The Mummy. They've got um, Rip Ride Rocket, all these attractions that you would expect are for an older audience. You know, they've got the Doctor Doom's Freefall, um, which you wouldn't necessarily find in a Disney park in that sense. You know, they've obviously themed it a little bit more. Um, so I like the fact that Universal is a little bit more of an adult park and it's, it gives me the opportunity to go and do things that I wouldn't necessarily get to do at Disney. Uh, you know, because they don't have that Disney shiny fairy sprinkly pixie dustness about them they can go and do things like halloween horror nights which i am absolutely desperate to get out to because i love my horror and scares and all that sort of stuff have you not done it yet Adam? no i've still not done it yet because oh, it's um, amazing it's just completely the wrong time of year for me to get out there but it's one of those things i'm absolutely desperate to go and do because it's some again it's that adult nature they disney tried to do it in disneyland paris it worked but i don't think anywhere to the extent that universal did so they're kind of just some of the things that i i love about universal so there we go. That's I rest my case, my lord. Okay, Lee. Lee now that you've rested your voice for twenty minutes. <laughs> Sorry. What, where do you think that Universal excels? Like Adam said, I think the thing that they they've set the bar for themed environments now. Um, you look at something like Cars Land out in Disneyland. I think that that land wouldn't exist if it wasn't for what they what Universal did with Hogsmeade. Um, I mean, we haven't been out and seen Diagon Alley yet. We're heading out this year, and I can't wait because from what we've heard and spoke to other people about it, they have taken what they did with Hogsmeade and just taken it to a completely new level. Yeah. And I am a huge Harry Potter fan. You know, if, if, if you could have asked me what's one thing that you would want in a theme park, I would go, it's Harry Potter. So <laughs> um, I think the thing that we love about Universal more than Disney is it speaks to our family more that the things that we like like say like harry potter like the marvel stuff and yeah. even just things like terminator and men in black i mean tracy my wife's a huge dr zeus fan so it's it's got everything that we like in sort of pop culture stuff um without wanting to sort of be controversial on the last trip we went i actually found because disney have always been they've set the bar for customer service yeah and i actually felt that the last time we went we got better customer service at universal than we did at disney mm -hmm. um whether we just caught one on a good time and one on a bad time i i, I don't know but that's that was just our experience i know i'm slightly blinkered a little bit now 
Um, but that's what I found better. Um, and one of the things that I really like about Universal, and I've kind of equated it to how Disneyland is, everything's in a nice little enclosed bubble. Like Disneyland is, you park in the car park, and then once you're into that area, you've got City Walk there, and you're within a five-minute walk from the entrance of both of those parks. If there's nothing in the park you fancy eating, you come out and you're into City Walk. You know, they've just expanded City Walk. There's eight new restaurants in there as well, which from Antihitos, um Cowfish and Vivo, from what we've heard, top quality places to eat as well. And I, yeah. I like that, that it's, you know, Disney's such a, because it's spread out, it it's such a big area to cover, whereas at Universal, everything, it's all there. There's none of this chewing about having, you know, you hear so many questions, like the question you did on the show before from Craig about how to tackle four days, uh, sorry, four parks in one day. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got to factor in that transport between each area. Whereas if you uh, Universal, I know there's only two parks, but it, they're all within spitting distance of each other, and I, that, yeah. I like that about it. And yeah, I, I can appreciate that. There's like some people have got that with Disneyland Paris as well. Yeah, yeah. not that I've been, but I'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know it's yeah, because that's only small, isn't it? it anyway, is, yeah, yeah, they're, they're literally right next door to each other. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Disney World is, I think, I think being as big as it is, is a good thing, but I think it also hurts it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know. If, like one year, I stopped at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and went up to Magic Kingdom. Now, in my mind, it was it was forty five minutes to maybe it's an hour's drive on a bus. It was yeah, it's about thirty five minutes on a bus. Wow. It was, it was a ridiculous amount of time, yeah. and that's obviously there and back. Yeah. Not not accounting for this standing around time waiting to get on the bus, so it's you know there there is a, a geography factor that has to be bared in mind. But as you say, with them um, Universal being sort of quite compact, you know That's everything's it. there within spitting distance. I do agree with Lee as well with regards to dining. I didn't even go out on City Walk. We ate in Viva Italian Kitchen when we were there in the summer, and the food was fantastic. I think the, there is a better range of dining I think there than there is at, at, at Disney's Downtown Disney. I think they've had to, though. Yeah. You know, Universal's always been a bit of a laughing stock when it comes to the, the theme parks and the food, and they've had to step it up. So I think it's a little bit of, yes, it's really good, but it's better because what was there wasn't brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, theme park food has, has got a lot better over the past at least at least 10 years. Definitely. Say. Um, used to go to a theme park and burger and chips was your only answer. Um, but now it's... It's one of the things that people go to the theme parks for to experience the the specialist foods. Yeah, which from a theme park, you know, from the companies running, it's perfect because yeah. you're getting people in and you're making money out of them at the same time. Oh, totally. So that's our like, likes, then, is it? Are we? Are we? Are we I could probably there, go or? a lot longer, but that'll yeah. do for now. That's, that's, <laughs> so I suppose we're now onto our likes of Walt Disney World. Yeah. Okay. So, Lee. Oh no! Don't go to me first. Yeah, no, no, we have to. I, I did because you're, you're the guest. It's, it's, so you it's have to do. It's, it's awkward territory. And plus, I'm going to say this in a special way so I can edit it up later. So they <laughs> just sound like this is all you've commented on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> Lee, what do you like about Walt Disney World? It does have a different atmosphere. I like that, um, you know, one of the reasons that Walt built the parks was so the whole family could ride rides. And, and our youngest is, she's only 10, and she is quite small for her age. So there's a lot of stuff over the last few trips that Universal that she hasn't been able to go on, and I'm hoping this year she will be tall enough. So at Disney, we can go and experience everything together, barring the odd couple of attractions. I think sort of... Um, in park interactions, I think Disney probably do better. As in, um, like the characters, or yeah, we went when we went last time. It was a it was a month or so after our wedding anniversary, so we decided that we'd go and get buttons and have one day that would be our anniversary. And and we got dragged up by the Dapper Dans on Main Street, and I was made to sing with them, and it was rather embarrassing. But that experience was was amazing. It really was. It's just something that will I'll remember forever, and I think that type of experience is is something Disney excel at. I mean, we did the um, when we went in '09 with the kids, our oldest at the time, who would have been about 
10 got dragged up for the Jack Sparrow thing in Adventureland. Right. And that was fantastic. I was stood there on the verge of tears because it was just unbelievable. Oh, you're, you're they, a bit like me, aren't you? Oh, I'm such a soppy sod, yes. <laughs> it doesn't take it much emotional. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> it's a standing joke on our podcast that anything happens and I start crying. <laughs> um, oh, it's difficult to try. And I've, I, I, everyone says I've got such a hate of Disney now because I'm so blinded, but it's difficult because I actually I was quite disappointed with Disney World the last time we went. I, I, th- I think it's it's got to be it's no secret at all that um, the last time that you went was um, there was a lot of things that were happening that you know Disney implementing a lot of new things, yeah. and I think a lot of things have started to go wrong, but. I've got quite good feelings that they are starting to correct themselves. Definitely. Um, I mean, I love Epcot, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot better last time because the, the first time we did it, the kids were like, oh, not this is boring. Yeah. Yet the last time we had, they were both really into it, and we had such a good time. Um, I could wander around the World Showcase, and it shows it's, I think, when you look at, a, a lot of people have complained about Diagonally at Universal that there's only that one ride. Yeah. Yet people still spend hours in there, and I think the World Showcase, if if you kind of look at it, that was kind of the precursor to those type of areas. Yeah, yeah. Because it is just you know, there's only what. Well, at the moment, is the one ride in there in Diagon Alley? No, in uh, the World Showcase. Showcase. um, You've got well. Yeah, because Maelstrom's closed. Any of them in it? Uh, right. Oh well, yeah, sorry, you've got the uh, three Cavaleros. The Grand Fiesta right. Tour, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Really, yeah, you can't really class it as a ride. But yes, um, <laughs> that, that is that. I like that. <laughs> but you could spend a whole day in that area. Yeah, yeah. And that's where theme parks seem to be going now. It the yeah. focus isn't necessarily on the rides; it's more about the immersive areas. And, yeah. and I say, I think the World Showcase was probably the, one of the original things to do that. Really. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right. The like when, when they talk about the sort of the theme that went into Morocco in the sense, the artisan tailors and sculptors over and all this sort of stuff, and I, th- I think it's it's all the little details that add up to make the experience even better. Yeah, it's like if you, if you go to a restaurant, you know the food could be great, but if the atmosphere is rubbish, that's what sticks in your mind. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I love the nighttime shows at Disney as well. I don't think anybody does nighttime shows better than Disney. No. I um, again, they are things that usually have me in floods of tears at the end of the night. <laughs> Most people, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Fantasic's actually my favourite, which surprises a lot of people because I know it's mo- a lot of people's least favourite, but oh, I, I think it's stunning. I'm with you on Fantasmic's my favourite. Yeah, show. I love it. Fireworks are fireworks. I know they're really well choreographed and stuff, but I just think there's so much more substance to Phantasmic than there is to something like Wishes, which has been there yeah. for far too long. I, th- I think the knack with fireworks is no one went to stop setting them off. <laughs> yeah. There's only so long you can go, ooh, yeah. ah, and you start to get bored after yeah, X amount of time. I-, I know from my own fireworks experience in the back garden, once you buy five boxes and you've set off 600 fireworks... You get bored. Yeah. yeah. I think True. nostalgia is one of those things that plays a lot into Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think I completely agree with you. Definitely without a shadow of a doubt. It's, uh, I think it gets by on the fact that you've had brilliant vacations there earlier and you, you kind of try and just gloss over what's not necessarily as good as it used to be. I mean, Hunter on our show um, was a on the college program a couple of years ago mm. and he was one of those because you know he really wanted to work there and he really enjoyed mm. it yeah. and he wanted to go that extra mile to make people's visits special and i think that's gone a little bit from disney i thought this was supposed to be me saying the things i love about disney i'm gonna stop you there and i'm gonna come in and do mine because you're, you're you're starting to go to the yeah that i don't quite like so much so okay so you're, you're doing the adam goodger part so for me for disney um i think uh, where is universal for you lee i think is a place that suits your family more for me it's disney disney suits our yeah. family perfectly you know i've got a little boy he's just about to turn eight there's a lot of stuff at universal studios he wouldn't consider doing and yeah. i spent a lot of time at universal going on things on my own whereas at disney we do everything together and we do everything as a family and that's one of the things i absolutely love about it yeah. you know i love the atmosphere i love the cast members i love the way disney 
think about everything. You know, we all moan about My Magic Plus and we all moan about the fact that they can now follow us here and they can follow us there and they can follow us here. You know, the thing is with My Magic Plus is, you know, Disney have done it with the intention of making an experience better for a lot of people. And I know that it does have a negative impact on some people and I get that. But it's, th it's this immersive whole package of a vacation i think that disney does so extremely well you know the nighttime spectaculars they do well and 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 even the innovations in rides i think you know disney are very innovative when it comes to attractions i know we're talking about disney world here but i look at things like the new ratatouille attraction in disneyland paris is amazing in the way that they've done it and what i like about disney is when they create a ride they don't create the same ride twice so you don't get Dumbo. journey into little mermaid and then Dumbo. suddenly, we, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to go down that road because you could we say Radiate Springs races yeah, as well. But you don't go. We don't get like Journey into a Little Mermaid, and then suddenly we get another dark ride that's like Journey into a Little Mermaid. You get Journey to a Little Mermaid, and then next up is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. You know, it's something yeah. so completely different. It's not we found a formula and we use it and we, and yeah. we work with it. You know, Test Track that works. We'll now do Radiate Springs races 15, 20 years you know 15 years later or whatever because that system works but it would give it a whole new meaning and a whole new style um and i think that's one of the things disney are very very good at and as you've mentioned lee it's nostalgic you go to disney world and you go and done those attractions that you remember as a kid and you yeah and all of it, and the thing that they have like i said that universal don't necessarily have but cope with very well is they have that back catalog of stuff that they can just pull from and create with you know they can create a Little Mermaid attraction 20 years after the film came out and it's still relevant. You know, you've got Beauty and the Beast playing at Hollywood Studios that came out 20 odd years ago and that's still relevant. You've got all of these elements that Disney are very good at and one of the other things I think Disney are very good at is creating an attraction that doesn't have any link to anything they've done before. Rock and Roller Coaster. Got nothing to do with any film or anything but they came up with a really great attraction. Um, and I, I like that about Disney. They, they're not bound necessarily by the properties that they've got, or the franchises they've got. They do come up with other things as well. You know, I, just like you, I could go on forever about what I love about Disney. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just such an amazing place. I love it. Yeah. I, th I think, like, Universal do have the, sort of the freedom of pulling in more franchises than what yeah. Disney tend to. I, um, I don't think it's necessarily freedom. I think because of how they've set their, their sort of their parks up they have to because yeah. they don't yeah. really have anything of their own it's kind of like mm, not so much but hollywood studios is a little bit like that i mean disney seem to be going down that route now as well only yeah. rather than just do a deal with them they just buy them yeah yeah <laughs> we are the chelsea of the theme park world we'll just buy everybody it's fine it's like i don't know what what, what is the better way of doing it because like over the years like, bear in mind, I'm talking many years ago when, when I went to Universal Studios. And as we pre said before, this show was recording. Yeah. Um, I reckon the last time I went to Universal was probably about six years ago. So I don't That's really. That's the reason why you've not really joined him on the conversation. I haven't really experienced yes. anything more current. <laughs> um, but there's, there's sort of what they have developed on tends to be dated. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it seems to be they've had an injection of cash to get yeah. some new things going. Now, I think the mummy had. Well, one of the times it'd been Mummy hadn't been open that long, and that was the newest ride. Yeah. And um, like the, the technology and the concept behind that one was absolutely amazing. It, it I, I'll, I'll admit I never rode it. I um, just saw it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, surprise! <laughs> oh, Alan. Because well, they didn't have the Mummy. It's a small world, did they? <laughs> no, the Mummy and Daddy. Oh, what are you honestly. <laughs> um, honestly. But, like, for example, they've sort of gone in to do really crazy things now, whereas sort of the rides that had been done or the experiences that it had been previously seem to be relatively safe, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, although the uh, E.T. ride was, was was quite unique as well. Hmm. But I don't want to talk about that one because that one's a bit freaks me out. I don't, you're not the only one. <laughs> it, it starts off great and then it just goes weird. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's get to the flip side then, shall we? So, are we starting with the things that we're not so much of a fan of of Universal? Is that where we're starting? This is going to be difficult for me. It is. Okay. So, um, so okay, let me see how I'm going to formulate this. My thing, one of the things about Universal is the fact that when you drive around Disney, you drive around and you're within this world and you, around you is everything is Disney and et cetera, et cetera. Whereas Universal is in the middle of basically the i4 and everything else so when you kind of come up to universal it doesn't feel like 
as magical, which, yeah. is, which is one of the things that I don't have a massive problem with. But it's as you walk in, it, it feels almost a little bit industrial as you arrive, rather than it being a theme park, etc. Um, that's that's quite minor, really, to be honest. My other thing is the fact that it isn't necessarily suitable for all of my family. And what often happens when we go to university, and again happened this year, is that I would ride a lot of attractions by myself. Um, there was no end of stuff I did on my own because Harry wouldn't do it and other people couldn't be bothered, etc., etc. Um, so that was really, um, really did put me off. It really does ruin the experience it when you haven't exactly. got somebody it to really, share it yeah, with. Yeah, it can. But to be honest, it doesn't. That doesn't bother me as much. But it does, you know, bother them because they don't get to take part as much, and they come away saying, "Well, I don't like Universal as much because we don't get to go on as many rides." Yeah. Um, it's it's sad that you have to pay for your fast pass, your express passes, um, which is something I know. Back in, I remember going to Universal in the millennium over the millennium, and they had the free fast the express pass service. I think the express pass computers. was free up to two thousand and five. That's when it was. So I remember two thousand. I went and it was, and you'd go and choose your time and all that sort of stuff, and it went really well. And obviously now you have to pay for it, and and I think that's a shame. Uh, but again, it's something that Universal do, and you know, you stay in a hotel, you get for free, and I understand that, and that's absolutely fine. But my, I think my biggest concern and I think I've expressed this on the Disney Brit show before, is that Universal have found a formula that works and are now beginning to churn out that same formula in slightly different guises. <coughs> and I and as I, I still love the attractions that they do it with and I don't have a problem with them using it, but it's almost got to a bit where if we're not careful, everything's going to end up that way. So if I go through uh, Despicable Me, Transformers, Simpsons, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, both of those attractions... If we look at them on an absolute basic level, by all intents and purposes, is you sit in a vehicle, it moves around, and you look at a screen, on the an absolute basic level, um, and it's like Spider-Man's the same as well. And there seems to be as and, and there's there's rumours of King Kong coming to one area, which again is going to be that 3D screen idea. Mm, that's well, from what we've heard, that's not going to so be not quite the same. From okay, what we've heard, good. the screens that are going to be used in that are more to give it background rather right. than being the actual okay, focus of the attraction. Good. So my concern right. is that Universal are starting to go down the route of moving vehicles with the screen and it, it's be, and I must admit as I was there and I was doing these different attractions I was like oh look it's another screen oh it's another screen and, and I don't want Universal to go down that route because yeah. they know that that route works and they know that they can create really great attractions with it but I don't want it to become the Universal sit in a vehicle and watch a screen park because I know they're much more creative than that and they can do other things yeah. on top of that and that's my only my biggest gripe I think at the minute with Universal is that everything's becoming very samey and I don't want it to well, it's funny, as you mentioned that, Adam, we actually got an email in recently from a listener who has uh, a sight impairment and she right. can't see 3D images because she doesn't have uh. binocular vision. And then we sat and talked about it on the show. And when you sit there and actually go through the amount of screen-based attractions that yeah. there are in those parks, it's quite frightening, actually. Yeah, yeah and that's, that was, yeah. that's my biggest gripe with Universal. You know, I love the parks. We will most probably go back again when we go next year. But... It's it's that screen thing. That's my biggest biggest gripe now with Universal. Right, well, Lee. Funny, funny you should say that, Lee. Actually, because I haven't really sort of said too much about this, but I'm long sighted in one eye, short sighted in the other eye. And if I wear 3D glasses on top of my glasses, I get some sort of 3D effect. Usually, I take my glasses off and I get more of a blurry 3D effect. <laughs> yeah, so I do seem to get it. But it's yeah. like, well. I know that my eyesight isn't great for doing these sort of attractions, but I do get some sort of effect from it. So, are, are these things more specialised for just the people who have got perfect vision? I think so. I mean, Tracy wears glasses as well, and she struggles with it sometimes. And there's been a lot of complaints about the glasses on Gringotts that they, because of the way they're designed, they, Adam. I mean, you've ridden it. They, they're yeah. kind of blocked off at the side, so you they don't are, yeah. get the full vision of it yeah. as well. From yeah. what we've heard, you've got to look around as you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's a bit weird. But it's still, it's, it's the Escape from Gringotts is a phenomenal attraction. But yeah, it is disappointing. I mean, we've talked about it quite a lot because I get ribbed because I kind of I'm blind to it a little bit and try not to acknowledge it. But you're right, it is. I think Forbidden Journey sort of steps aside of it a little bit because of, because it does have a lot of physical sets. You yeah. think about the spiders, the dementors, yeah. the yes. uh, the dragon, the Whomping yeah. Willow, and stuff like that. But like the way we've kind of talked about it before is you couldn't do the things that they do in those attractions without using a screen yeah because i know um originally the end sequence of transformers where optimus prime drives up and transforms in front of you yeah. they actually made a full-size animatronic for That'd it be amazing 
Only they were concerned that with it being the end scene, if if that animatronic went down, it would ruin the entire end finale of the ride. So yeah, they just went with the screen sense, in the yeah. end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which you can understand so, when you're rattling through so, a thousand people an hour. So go on then, Lee. What is it about Universal that you don't like? Um, it's become a little money-orientated. One of the biggest complaints we've heard about Diagon Alley is unless you're spending money, there's not a massive amount to do in there. Uh, yes, the amount of children I saw being kitted out in full Hogwarts uniform and looking at the price tags, I scoffed about how expensive that is. That is true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm... About the, ones? the quality is it's good. You know, I can't deny that it's not good quality, but it is expensive. I mean, even in Forbidden uh, Forbidden Journey in Hogsmeade last time, we, we rode Forbidden Journey God knows how many times, and then we rode, like... Uh, Hippogriff and Dragon Challenge maybe twice each, yet we still spent more time in that area in the park than anywhere else. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of it, especially at Diagon Alley, it's more about how much money are you going to spend? Yeah. I think the locker yeah. system is an absolute joke. That's my biggest bugbear. Do, do Disney have a lo locker system? You, you can rent lockers, yeah. But if you go into, right. Adam, you'll you vouch for it. If you yeah. go into Forbidden Journey when it's busy, yeah. to put your stuff in those lockers is an absolute nightmare. A nightmare. It and is. it's badly sorted out. We went in for, um, we were staying in one of the hotels last time and we got early entry in there. So we went in, we put our stuff in the locker yeah. and came out and we got charged for it because it was, because it wasn't within the normal park hours. It, it sort of registered it as being over the time. Yeah, that annoyed me. It, it, yeah. The locker situation's a bad one. We've been stung by it so many times, and it, it really annoys me. Um, it's, it, I'll be honest with you; it's really difficult for me to. I tell you, what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split hairs. Sure. It annoys me the amount of Americans that are working in the Wizarding World. Okay. <laughs> well, you think how J yeah, yeah. well J.K. Yeah. Rowling when she said, you know, the reason those lands are immersive, as immersive as they are, is because she was behind it, and she was like, if you know, you, nothing gets done in that park unless I give it the go ahead. Yeah. And then for something as trivial as just having English speak, or even people with fake English accents, well, I would do. <laughs> but when we were there, it, it it takes you out of it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, well, yeah. Dick Van Dyke's got to have a new job. <laughs> well, this is true. That annoys me a little bit. But other than that, do you know what? I don't really have any complaints about it at oh, the okay. moment. And I know I'm biased. biased. That's fine. Well, you've, you've okay. got to be. So we go to the other side of the coin then, Lee. What is it that you don't like about Disney? i tell you what, one of the, the biggest things we came away from our Disney World trip last time complaining about was... I know I just said it about Universal there, but it, it seems to be about putting your hand in your pocket more than anything else. Mm. And there was a sign in, I can't remember what it's called. If you walk down the main section in Epcot to, out towards the World Showcase, there's a, like a store on the waterfront there. Yeah. And there was a sign in the window that said, Sylvanias make memories. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, well, actually, they don't. Memories make memories. <laughs> buying crap doesn't make any difference at all it's just stuff you've got to find a place for and that summed it up for us yeah and i know universal are going i know at the end of the day they're there to make money but it just seemed a lot more blatant at disney you look at like all the the um the extra like the hard ticket events that they're putting in at the moment with the the africa thing and then they've done like the extra thing at epcot on a night and the, you know, even to the point where they've been a standing joke of having hard ticket events inside hard ticket events. Yeah. yeah. Just push it, it even further. Yeah, and people pay. I know, you know, why not? If, if, you've, if you've got a model and it works and people are prepared to pay for it, then go for it. You know, yeah. milk people for what you can get, but it's, it's a little bit annoying. Okay. Yeah. Hey, one of the things that sort of wind me up at the moment is if you do a tour at Disney World, like say, for example, if you did one of the most expensive tours and it was, I don't know, seven hours long, You've got to have a park ticket on top of that. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've paid over the odds to get your event. Yeah. And you need your park ticket on top of that. Yeah. I know. Mean. That's I know. We've looked at doing the VIA, the RIP tour at Halloween Horror Nights this year, and it's like a group of ten people, and it's thirteen hundred dollars for the ten of you. So it works out at one hundred and thirty dollars each. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. yeah. That doesn't include your Halloween Horror Nights ticket. Oh, okay. Well, that's not right. <laughs> and you get you get a private Halloween... you get a private guide, and you get 
immediate, not front of the line access, immediate access to every house plus private seating for the shows and yeah. there's refreshments and stuff. So it's still not bad, but you look at it and you think, $130 isn't bad at all. Oh, hang on, I've got another $90 to put on top of that for my yeah. ticket. Yeah, that becomes expensive. With, with the Halloween Horror Nights, you, you pay for the ticket and do you also pay for a front of line thing? Um, Darren is our Halloween Horror Nights expert on our show and he says if you do not buy Express Pass for Halloween Horror Nights you're doing it wrong right, right. Fair enough. I'm going to go back so, over oh. that's one of the things that I hate about Universal that Halloween Horror Nights has become so popular yeah you, okay. you, you need to spend either a lot of money yeah. or you've got to be doing it multiple nights right fair enough I, th I think you're totally right it's how so they're trying to fleece you for the money, and at the end of the day, they've got that many people that are going through the doors that are prepared to spend the money. Yeah. That if you turn around and go, well, I'm not going to spend that money. It's not, you know, it's, no it's barely dented the surface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Things I hate about Disney. Then I've got three things. Fast Pass Plus is my <laughs> first, um, and I don't hate it because it doesn't work. Because it does work. What I hate about it is the fact that it is begin to create a two-tier system for people who come to the parks. Those who are staying on site get access early, get the better picks, and those who stay off site don't. And I think that's unfair, wholly unfair. And particularly if you're going with a family where some of you are on site and some of you are off site, so that can then cause issues. And I think that that, for me, has had a negative impact on, on an experience at Disney. Um, you know, I can get my three and then I've got my three, and then I have to go and get another one, but I have to go to a kiosk to get another one, and I have to go to a kiosk to get another one, and I have to go to it, and it kind of defeats the object of, well, I've had my three, and now I've got to go to kiosk like the old system did. And I don't get why we can't have that on the app and get that working. It doesn't make any sense to me. So that annoys mm. me. FastPass Plus, I think, has taken away, detracted from my Disney experience. Um, my other one is Hollywood Studios. I don't dislike the park. I dislike the, the state the park is in now. You know, Hollywood Studios was built as a knee-jerk reaction to Universal being built. Michael Eisner heard Disney Universal were building a studios park. He went, we need a studios park and it needs to open before Universal's end of. And it was Mike great. Michael Eisner was apparently sat in the meetings for Universal Studios Florida, even though he says he wasn't, and everyone else who was there says well, there he go. was. There you go. <laughs> so when it first opened, it was a working studio, and it worked really well. You had the tour, and you had all those bits and pieces, and I love that retro kind of Hollywood Studios. But then when they started to pull out all of any of the, the filming elements from the park and making it a real-life studio, they started to put all sorts of things in. And then that continued happening, and then we ended up with the American Idol experience, which now is an empty space. We ended up with all of these mishmash of, mash of bits and pieces that happened, and then they started to be removed, and we started to end up with buildings all over the place around Hollywood Studios that got nothing in them. Um, and Universal, uh, Hollywood Studios to me is now a full shell of what it used to be, and it needs like they did with California Adventure, it needs a massive overhaul. And we know that they're talking about doing that in the minute. But in the state that Hollywood Studios is in at the minute, compared to what it used to be, I don't like it, basically. Um, don't my like third it. one, don't like it. My third one is this idea of personalization starting to disappear in the parks. So we talk about Fast Pass. You know, you used to go to the Fast Pass kiosk, you'd interact with the cast member when you got there. That's happening less because you're now booking your Fast Passes at home or doing them on your app as you're walking around the park. Um, we talked about this with Lee Cockrell on our last Disney Brit show, um, how they've now brought in a system where if you've got a magic band, you don't even have to speak to a cast member before you get to your hotel room. You'll get a text yeah. message or an email that says, your room's now ready, it's on the fifth floor in this building, you just wipe your magic band and you go straight into your room. You don't see any cast member whatsoever. And there's that concern that one, you know, one of the big things about Disney is the cast members and how the cast members are and how they can make your day extra magical and all the things that you can do. And there's a concern for me that that's going to happen less and less and less. And we're going to see less interaction with cast members yeah. and it's going to be more automated. And that personalised service you kind of get from Disney is going to start to disappear. I um, think it's probably the biggest thing that people yeah. take away from going to Disney World is that interaction with the cast yeah. members. So that's my yeah. that's my biggest you know that personalization thing in it and believe and it all started off with a really tiny thing for me and as sad as it sounds it all started off at the point where characters started to have stamps for autograph books <laughs> you know you go and see Buzz Lightyear he doesn't write it he stamps it and it it was that point where hang on that's not personalized anymore that's just a stamp that's a production um, yeah. and that was that was where it kind of started it was small and then more and more things have started to happen whereas that personalization has started to disappear a little bit more and <laughs> the characters will be there they'll be superimposed yeah. on the photos they'll be, they'll be just be cut out cardboard cut out 
It's like that as well, isn't it? That like when the characters used to be out, they would just be random times when they'd be out. Now it's all organised and it's all they will be out at this time, and yeah. you'll all be in an orderly line. And that spontaneity's yeah. gone uh, more so at Disney than anywhere else yeah. now. So that's my that's my thing anyway. Um, okay. I just want to pick up on a point that you've yeah. both commented on. You know that, um, you know that half an hour show thing we were talking about? It's gone out the window, just so you know. Well, that time slot. <laughs> that time slot. Half an hour show, 45 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, I told yeah, you. I'll, I'll oh, well. I'm not going to edit this up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go um, So, yeah, Fast Pass Plus versus Express Pass. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got to pay for the Universal Express Pass unless you stop in a Universal Hotel. Is yeah. that right, Lee? The ex- it's a different one though because the express pass generally that you buy on the day and I think this is where the con comes in and I'll agree with what Adam said it's only good for one ride on each ride yeah whereas the right. one you get in the hotel is unlimited okay because obviously if that, that's the idea to try and hook you into stopping in the hotels yeah, yeah. but there are, there are people and, who book hotel rooms don't stay in them and then just get the express pass yeah I know people well, have done that before I think I think Lee's commented in the past that it works out financially better. Well, we we yeah. did a, a like way way back when we first started that like for a family of four, two adults and two kids, by the um, the two day express pass would cost you something like a thousand dollars. Yeah, you can get a night at the Royal Pacific, which gives you two days because you get express pass for the day you check in and the day you check out yeah. for like two hundred and fifty. Yeah. So it's a complete no-brainer, and you're getting a nice stay in a nice hotel as well. Yeah, makes total sense. Um, so yeah, so on the other side, you've got Disney who's doing the Fast Pass Plus, where if you're stopping in a Disney hotel, you get 60 days advance booking, yeah. or if you're not Disney hotel, you've only got 30 days. Yeah. So it's the same sort of setup that you know, if you stop in the official hotels, you get the priorities. Yeah. Whereas you know, you, you've got a second tier either way, so they are comparable. Yeah, it's just not as blatant at Disney. Yeah, they've, they've done it in, yeah. a, in a, a less obvious way. Yeah. And, and the other thing to bear in mind when we're discussing Universal versus Disney is yeah. D- Disney have got four parks, Universal got two, and there's only probably one park that's actually comparable. Yes. As in the studios. That's very true. So you've got two, you've got totally different themes and, you know, yeah. they're totally standalone. Mm. Where's Universal Zoo? They ain't got one. A lot of people might say the whole thing's a zoo, but there we go. Well, they have. They've got if I ran a zoo, the water player <laughs> inside Zoosland. Good point. There you go. That's my tenuous link to a zoo. <laughs> so when you go to Air Disney next time, Lee. Yeah, go on. I don't know when that'll be, but go on. <laughs> so, so you've got no plans going on the next time you go in? Well, we're heading over there this year, um, but because of the way things work out and my son going at sixth form and stuff, we're only managing to get a week, and we're spending that whole week on, at Universal. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, and no, like we're doing it because we love Universal and Halloween Horror Nights and stuff. But I have no inkling to even bother going to Disney this year. I'll be honest, and it's sad. It really is because I never thought I would get to that point where I would go to Orlando and just go. Do you know what? I, I'm not even bothered about going. And you say it's interesting you say that because I'm actually I'm at the point I did Universal last year, enjoyed it. But if I was to go back this year, I wouldn't go to Universal this year. I wouldn't do it every year. Yeah, that's interesting. I think but that's where it is. A lot of people compare. You try and compare Disney to Universal, and you mm-hmm. can't. They're completely no. different entities. Yeah. And people yeah. go to like Disney fans will go to Universal and expect a Disney experience, yeah. and it's like it's not Disney. It's, not, it's, just, it's, it's a different. different experience. Yeah, totally different. There you go. Right. Well, I think that kind of without us going, and I'm sure there's people listening to this saying you you forgot to talk about this and you forgot to talk about that and you forgot to talk about this and that's absolutely fine because what you can do is you can email us radio at disneybrit.com and uh, we can mention any of those bits and pieces whenever uh, whenever we come on to the next uh, Disney Brit Bite Size look now those people who listen to Disney Brit you will know you will recognise this piece of music this is the old outro from Disney Brit and we thought for Disney Brit Bite Size we'd bring it back so uh, I think it was a classic. A classic I like this one. It? So it's, a, it's a bit of Enchanted. So uh, anyway, thank you, Lee, for joining us. No problem. Um, hopefully we didn't give Universal too much of a bashing. I, no, I, I, I think it was think fairly fair. fair. 
but um, but the uh, result is Disney wins, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need to thank our sponsor, uh, Orlando Attraction Tickets. Uh, you can go to orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. Uh, over there, those guys uh, will set out all your attractions for both Disney and Universal. See, look at that. Um, don't Seamless. forget, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Disney Brit. Like I say, any emails you want to send in, any comments you want to make about your fours and against of Universal which we'll mention on the next show you can email radio at disneybrit.com so um, next week we have got the full on Disney Brit show haven't we yes and it is a full on Disney Brit show yeah we've got no end of stuff on the next show Uh, not only are we going to be talking about Disneyland and Disney World uh, we're going to be looking at Run Disney as well Run Disney, uh, hoarding. Yeah, and hoarding and everything. all sorts. Run Disney because this week Disneyland uh, Paris have announced that they will be uh, holding their first inaugural half marathon weekend uh, in the parks September 2016, which uh, we, Disney Brit people, are planning on going to. And we're hoping to have a Disney Brit running team. We're going to attempt to try and run together and raise some money for charity. So uh, you'll find out more about that on the, the full Disney Brit show as well. Um, um, I'd like to thank John Sakari, Big Fat Panda, for donating his voice in the sketch at the beginning. Yes, and we'd also like to say that no other Disney characters were harmed in the <laughs> poor attempt at us trying to pretend to be other Disney characters. <laughs> and that's about it, I think, isn't it? We tried our best. We were we full did. of cold, we're, probably. We're, we're that's an excuse. I can't do voices at all. Anyway, that's it from the very first Disney Brit Bite Size. I hope you join us in two weeks' time and uh, on the next show of Disney Brit. So until then, we'll see ya. Yeah.